Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Michelle Borchard. I'm a pharmacy clinical manager at M Health Fairview Southdale in Edina, Minnesota, and I will be your host today for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. With me today are Rick Coldry, who is a vice president of pharmacy and ancillary services at the University of Kansas Health System. His practice interests include executive and system leadership. Next is John Pastor, the system vice president of pharmacy and respiratory care at M Health Fairview. His practice interests also include executive and system leadership. Next is Carrie Morton, whom is the Vice President for Centers of Excellence at Deaconess Health System. Her practice interests include administration, management, and leadership. Let's get started talking about today's topic of pharmacy leadership and oversight of additional service lines. Our first question is, Can you share a little about your career journey and what were critical points that led you to pursue a position where you now have responsibility for more than just pharmacy? We will start with Carrie. Thank you, Michelle, for the introduction. I feel very blessed that early in my career I had a very diverse management experiences so that when the top position in the organization I'm currently in came open for pharmacy, I was promoted into that role in my early 30s. So knowing that my husband and I lived in a town where we wanted to raise our kids and had dual careers, we weren't looking to move out of the area. So we, I knew at that point, coming into that role early in my career, I knew that I was going to have to continue to broaden my horizon outside of the pharmacy to really continue to grow. The health system obviously continued to grow with different roles, with adding hospitals, et cetera, but knowing that uh, the real growth was outside of the pharmacy department, that really set the mindset of I need to be looking at additional opportunities. I think after that, a key piece was at an ASHP mid-year conference, I sat next to a director of pharmacy in Florida who his boss was a COO and he was a pharmacist. And that was a key connection for me. So he connected me with that leader, a quick call later, and had some great information about how to move forward um, looking outside of that pharmacy scope and how to take those next steps and really gave me some key insights into things that I needed to work on and things that, as I move into those roles, how to handle those situations. Thank you, Carrie. Next, we will hear from John. All right. Thanks, Michelle. As I thought about this question, first thing that came to mind for me is I spent 10 years in practice before even having my first pharmacy leadership role. And as I think about what led me to pursue my current position where I have respiratory care, it was a point in time several years ago, just before the pandemic, where my one-up leader was given responsibility for some additional clinical services in the overall enterprise. And I was very well connected to some of our respiratory leaders across the system. And when the opportunity came where he was looking for someone to lead that team. I knew a fair amount about that team already, at least the individuals that worked on that team. And I rose my hand up and said, I'll be happy to work with that team. So I don't know that I directly pursued respiratory care as a sort of a career step, if you will. But when the opportunity came there, I was very quick to jump on it. And I've been very glad that I did. Thank you, John. We'll hear from Rick. Thanks, Michelle. 
my journey, I think, is a is a little bit different. Maybe kind of splitting the difference between Carrie and and John. I you know grew up in the same organization. I've been here at the University of Kansas Health System for my entire career. Pharmacy, as many of you know, has just literally exploded into multiple businesses and large health systems. And so kind of buoyed by that growth and good fortune of the organization, I grew into a position as an executive leader for pharmacy. And kind of I had the mindset of like, this is this is what I'm going to do because, you know, pharmacy is going to be a, be a force throughout the health system. And, and that's where the direction I want to go in. And then the uh, person I reported to for a long time before I moved into an executive role was retiring and I got approached and said, hey, would you would you consider taking this on? And, you know, it took me a minute to think about that. Like, do I really want to step out of pharmacy or broaden my horizons to pharmacy? Uh, and I ultimately decided that I did. And I was thinking about this question as well. Like, what did I do to prepare myself for that? Probably not as much as I could have if I had been more intentional about my desire to move outside of the boundaries of pharmacy. But some things that I think suited me or helped me along the way is that I always had an interest in my colleagues in, uh, you know, I guess ancillary services, health professions, you know, whatever. So lab radiology, rehab, respiratory therapy, all those areas, you know, we're kind of a team. And from a clinical perspective, and I had worked hard to make myself available to those folks and, and help them out when we found something out or share back and forth. So I had good relationships internally. And then I was in the right place at the right time. So that's all I can really claim. <laughs> Thank you so much. Our next question is, can you discuss what other disciplines you manage besides pharmacists and what have you learned in managing other disciplines? We'll start with John. All right, so I already mentioned respiratory care. So I, I was given responsibility for respiratory care several years ago, just before the pandemic started. In addition to that, too, I've got a team member who also manages our genetic counseling team. So we've got another, I guess, on the team sort of non-pharmacy service that we're, uh, we're responsible for. But for respiratory care, I think one of the things that I've learned from them over the last several years and I've appreciated this in other disciplines too, is that people approach problem solving a little bit differently depending on their discipline. Within pharmacy, I think we approach problem solving in similar ways because we're, we're trained a certain way. And I've come to appreciate that, that my team members on the respiratory care team, and I would extend that to even some others that I don't supervise, approach things differently. And I've really valued the different perspectives that we have in conversation about how we're approaching certain issues that we're trying to trying to manage through. And I think the other thing I would add to is just the ability to see different parts of how we care for our patients. So obviously respiratory therapists provide a different level of care than our pharmacists and our pharmacy technicians do, both in the acute site and in our ambulatory settings. And it's just another opportunity, I think, to see how we impact the lives of the patients and their families that we serve. Thank you. Carrie? Sure. So my first step into other areas was with um, diabetes services, and that came about as a team leader on the pharmacy team approached me when the diabetes manager left the facility, um, the organization, and asked. So I feel like we could really add value if we were to oversee the, the diabetes service line. Uh, put a proposal together. We approached our chief nursing executive and brought them un under the pharmacy, and that was nurses and dietitians. And that was a very small group, so a good way to test the waters 
we found there were a lot of different expectations and we ended up with, we had a nursing liaison involved in setting those expectations to ensure that we had the right competencies and so forth in place. So that was a learning experience bringing them into the pharmacy department. From there, a couple years later, I was approached about overseeing the lab department. And the lab department here at Deaconess is about double the size of the pharmacy department. We have a lot of outreach services, very large outreach program, but got the opportunity there to work with med techs and uh, pathologists and microbiologists. That's a, a fairly good connection. We utilized, um, worked a lot with them prior to overseeing them. Um, pharmacists, we interact a lot with the lab. And so that was a pretty natural next step. From there, the next step, I got uh, radiology, so they were right along with all of those ancillary services, and that was probably a little more of a stretch. A lot of same things clinically, uh, a lot of the, all of those facing similar problems, whether it's staffing shortages or career ladder opportunities, things of that nature. I saw a lot of commonalities across all of those departments, but radiology was just a little different in that they had a lot of capital expenses, a lot of equipment maintenance, much more larger than what you would see in the pharmacy department. And so all of those departments I had for all three for about two years. And then just recently I switched to, um, I was promoted to the vice president of centers of excellence, which was a, a drastic change. So I no longer have the pharmacy department, which is, is a little hard tug there, but have still close connections with our pharmacy team and have the right leaders in place there, but on a new journey with the centers of excellence. And so in those teams, it is centers of excellence here. We define a service line, so high complexity service lines such as oncology, GI, neurology. And so working with the full service line to really set the direction of where do we need to go as a health system with this service line, what services are we offering, uh, working with nurses and providers and the clinics and our full region of health system, hospitals and clinics. So kind of get that full scope, just a different way to slice it. Um, and so it's been really fun to see, again, a lot of commonality, com common issues across all the areas that you can bring people together and get creative solutions but really felt like that ancillary focus had really set me up for success in, in starting this new role. Thank you. When you reflect on your success in leading an additional service line, what did you do to prepare yourself for this challenge? So I thought about this a lot, and I can't say that I did a lot of good preparation. So I didn't have a big time window. The, the announcement of the retirement for the person whose role I was kind of stepping into was only about six months. Like I said, I was hesitant to to broaden into pharmacy and was worried about that. I think Carrie alluded to that a little bit with our with our heart tug. But what I did do that first, honestly, I chastised myself for this for a year because I spent a year learning. I spent a lot of time with folks in the lab, a lot of times with folks in the radiology, went to see every procedure area, every process that I was ultimately responsible for and, and ask a lot of questions. And what I learned is I had a lot of misconceptions about how those departments were run and how they should go. So that was, and I felt like I wasn't making enough of a difference. That's why I was chastising myself because I spent that time learning. But six years in now, I think to myself, nope, that was probably about the right amount of time to spend learning because you know, I was able to develop the relationships that are needed with both the, the folks directly providing the care and the physicians in particular that are over those areas where, you know, I can have an intelligent conversation with them about their services and what providing the direction we're going in. And it's a, it's a partnership and you just can't seal that overnight. So that's kind of how I think that's what I would say. Not so much preparation, but as on the journey, investing that time learning. 
So uh, I think Rick said it very well. I had the same misconceptions when you go into another area and learning to just listen and ask questions and have a questioning attitude and really think outside the box um, was very beneficial. As far as preparation, um, as I mentioned, I knew I was looking to grow outside the pharmacy early on. So I fell back on something I learned in my MBA, which was to put a career strategy together and really look at where my gaps were and try to work on things throughout the year that um, I could fill in those gaps. So that proved very beneficial for me. Things that um, that strategy looked at every six months to a year. I talked about it with my, my one-up leader, um, making sure that she was in the know of what things I felt like gaps I needed to correct um, or gain experience in to really set myself up for success. So things, um, a good one is physician contracting. We don't do a lot of physician contracting in the pharmacy. Pretty well every other department, you're going to experience physician contracting, and, and it can be very challenging, whether it's a third party, um, somebody you're contracted with for physician services, or you're, they're employed. It is very different, and some pharmacy departments have medical director contractships with providers, but getting that exposure was critical. For me, sitting on nonprofit boards, other nonprofits was very helpful, so I sat on a nonprofit board that I was very passionate about, had um, the right commitment level that I was able to give to them, um, but it was completely outside of healthcare, and that gave a lot of confidence into just understanding other industries and how you can be involved and engaged with those. Another key aspect was getting involved in operational committees of the organization. So I think as pharmacy leaders, we're often really quick to get involved in safety and quality, but really looking at operational areas. Uh, we have an operations committee here, a budget committee, provided a good avenue to learn about other departments and make those key connections with other leaders. And then as I made that transition into those areas, another key aspect in a book I highly recommend is The First 90 Days. So there's a book out there. It walks you through as you're walking into an area, the questions to ask, um, those leaders that you're getting ready to meet with, to come in really helps set that stage for a questioning attitude setting some goals so that your one-up knows where you're at, what to expect, and making sure you're in alignment with what they're expecting out of you in those first 90 days. So that book really helps provide. And every transition I've made, I've reread that book and has been very helpful. Thank you, Carrie. We'll hear from John now. Rick and Carrie are a tough act to follow with those answers. I was really appreciating your thoughts on that as well, too. I think I would just reinforce that in my situation, it was really not about preparing, it was about the learning, as, as Rick referenced. Put on the learning hat, recognize that I was not a respiratory therapist and I was not gonna be able to do their job, but I had to understand what they did at work every day. And I had to understand their pain points. And so I intentionally at all of our sites put on scrubs and I spent part of a day with a respiratory therapist at each one of our sites to better understand the work they did. And I think that not only helped me learn, but it also helped reinforce my commitment to want to understand the work that they do. So that was probably the most important, I think, connection that I made in terms of preparing myself to understand. I think the other thing for me was to make sure that the leaders that I had in place there were the right leaders for those teams. And we actually made some changes didn't change where we moved anyone out of the organization, but we changed some seats on the bus and some of the roles that folks had on the team. And I think with me coming in as a new system leader for that group, I think that was a good time to do that. And I think it was something the team needed at that time. And 
probably helpful to my overall success too, as I was being onboarded as their leader. Thank you, everyone. So you have adapted to your environment, and I'm sure you had to be flexible and nimble, and you rose to the call. Can you talk about your perspectives on nimbleness and leadership that have allowed you to manage other disciplines in your organization? I'll start with John. Well, as I was thinking about this, the first thing that came to mind is just our overall nimbleness and responsiveness during the pandemic. And having become part of the respiratory care team just prior to the pandemic, I think I had a crash course in ventilators and ventilator equipment where probably six to nine months of learning happened in about three days. One of the things that we did early on in the pandemic is we actually pulled my respiratory and pharmacy leadership teams together and we had a single command center for those teams to approach just the day-to-day care. And it was great. We found a lot of synergy between the group, putting together protocols about who were we going to deliver NEBS to versus meter dose inhalers, how were we going to pass equipment and supplies in and out of the room for patients in isolation. So we, we worked hard to find those synergies, and I think it actually helped the team develop a relationship and it helped respiratory care feel more part of a system team than they ever had before. And I look back now and I'm just, I'm amazed at how quickly, and I'm not talking about myself in particular, but just the leaders on the team responded to the changing needs. And it made me really proud to be part of a new team respiratory care during this pandemic to see how they work together with pharmacy and the pharmacy leaders just to make stuff happen. Rick, we'll hear from you next. Yeah, happy to. I think that's a great story from John. I had similar experiences in in my role. I guess, again, this is kind of lessons learned for me that I would share with others. Talking about nimbleness and leadership. What I think about, what what I wish I would have done differently, there are a few things that I ran into where I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. Like my gut reaction says, I'm not sure this is this is okay. And I kind of extended trust to the people that were there, the leaders that were there, the leaders that, you know, like a few, couple of years ago, I was peers. I sat in the same staff meetings with them. And so now I'm their boss. And so I extended trust to them and, you know, talked about that year of learning. And there are plenty of times during that year of learning where I found out that my gut was right. And th- if I was going to do something over, I would have gone back and, and dug in immediately on where my gut said something was wrong and, and made adjustments. And so how that relates to more so leadership than nimbleness, I suppose, in my mind is having certain things that you know as a leader are just absolutes and not being willing to compromise them ever, obviously, but really having that radar, that leadership spidey sense that says, okay, that answer didn't really set well. I am going to ask another 10 or 15 questions to figure out where where things set. And so um, I'm sure people do that already, but it's, I think it's even more important when you're broadening your horizons. And it's, it's a fine line to walk between trust and, and trust, but verify. But, you know, that's kind of what I... That's my thought. That's my reminiscence on those first few years. Thank you. So now we have our last question. What advice would you have for other pharmacists who are interested in pursuing a similar career path? We will start with Carrie. 
Thank you. So I think, as I mentioned earlier, a career management strategy, if you're looking to grow outside of the pharmacy department, put together that plan and look at what pieces you're missing that you need to get experience. It can be simple projects. It can be working with other leaders, getting involved in organizational committees, but looking to see where your gaps are that will really set you up for success. And then when you get those opportunities to sit on those organizational committees, speak up. Uh, play an active role, get engaged, get engaged with the other leaders, your peers. Um, that is a great opportunity to learn from them. I think all of us have said, I heard John and Rick also all say, we were tapped on the shoulder for these opportunities. The positions that I took were not positions that were posted. They were positions I was asked to continue to grow into. So um, being visible in your organization is a must. And so those, when those opportunities are up, you are considered for those. And then I think be comfortable saying, I don't know. When you take these on these other areas, I think a big fear of mine was you have to be the expert. Well, you, you don't have to be the expert. You have experts in the system that you need to rely on. Um, if you don't have the right ones, you need to change who you have around you. Um, and then ultimately, your job in these, in these other areas is really to think big picture. You can challenge them. You certainly need to do some reading and literature and shadowing and all of those things. But I never would tell you that. I could tell you every bit about our MRI equipment because I couldn't. But, you know, I, I have the basic knowledge to be able to understand and know when we need certain types of equipment or when the volumes are high enough to add another piece of equipment and those sorts of things. And then lastly, um, I think the guidance would just be that look at your career more of the web than a ladder. Anymore, organizations are so large, it's very rare just to climb a ladder. It's going to look more like a web, and that opportunity to grow outside the department is extremely beneficial. Thank you. John? You know, I think Carrie said it really well with you. You really want to be seen as a, a leader outside of your space, and I try to coach some of my trainees and my newer managers that you want to be seen as a manager for the hospital or the health system or a leader for the hospital or the health system and not just for the pharmacy. And I think that's a big step in, in really growing your presence and your ability to, to get tapped on the shoulder for opportunities like this. The other comment I would add too is it may seem a little scary to take on another discipline that you're not that you're not trained in, for example. And it's okay. It's okay to be a little scared, and I think it's fine to, to just look at that as an opportunity to grow and, and develop further in your, your overall leadership uh, portfolio. Rick? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double down on Carrie's point about having a career strategy, and there, there's a bunch of great models out there and developmental models, and just get one and work on it and then do it intentionally and drive that with your one up. Say, hey, man, this is where I want to go. What do you think? Where are my gaps? How can I get there? I, I honestly think that any leader should do that. And that says something to the people that you work with in your web, as it was stated. So that and then for pharmacists in particular, uh, I would offer the mixture. We talked about this for a long time in my career. The mix between scientific understanding, clinical comprehension, the ability to care for patients and strong business sense kind of comes pretty naturally to the education and predilection of pharmacists. And don't undersell that. Don't think, don't sell yourself short. You, you have a lot to offer. Um, you have a great basis. And as uh, Carrie said, you don't have to be the expert in everything, but you can learn a lot and you have a, and a lot of things you can give back. That is all the time we have today. I 
want to thank Carrie, Jen, and Rick for joining us today to discuss pharmacy leadership and oversight of additional service lines. Find more member-exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises and teams, and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to subscribe to the at ASHP official podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.